People are saying that Ballerina Farm is the new Kim Kardashian. Uh, in a good way? Well, yeah, because people are actually attracted to her. Hmm. Not, like, attracted to her, but, like, well, yeah, she's People actually like, like her? Yeah, she's... And she's not, like, ten years past her prime, yes, like, Yes, people the, are attracted to her way of living. Mm-hmm. That makes Although, sense. Sometimes she, she said... Oh, that, episode 73. Yes. You were literally on the last one. I, I was on the last episode. You were on the last episode. It was about The Office in October. Uh, I feel like we didn't really get to dive into that one. We'll do it again. Okay. I need a deep dive on The Office. Yeah. Yeah. I need my own deep dive on The Office. You are a deep dive on The Office. <laughs> they should really interview me, The Office ladies. They should do... You, you should... Maybe you should start a fan They had podcast. Billie Eilish on just because she watches The Office all the time. Do they understand that I have it on to take naps? Well, you should put that on social media. Maybe you'll get, maybe they'll get your attention or you'll get their attention. I will write them fan mail. I had to go to bed. Huh? I had to go to bed. Why 9.57? It is so late. folks welcome back to the vince lana podcast welcome to the first episode of 2024 how exciting especially exciting since i have a wonderful guest with me who i'm happy to say will be appearing in more episodes uh in the coming well let's say months and years my beautiful wife kate that bodes well for me <laughs> Thank you, Vince. You did say you wanted to be on the show more. So. I did. I and do. I wanted you on like the show it. more. I asked her if she'd be on the show more, and you said, yes, I would love that. And so... I do. I... It's an exact quote. Yes. In that I... tone. <laughs> in that tone. <laughs> you nailed it. Way Thank you. Thank you. I'm improving on my acting skills. <laughs> yes. We are working on. Sarcasm. Yeah, so actually... No, we're, we're actually, actually working we're on. We're actually working on... We're actually trying to teach each other acting and writing. We're actually trying to be very... Uh, artistic, more artistic this year than we have yes. in the past years. So, wish us luck on that front. We're gonna be, uh, uh, we're gonna be the, we're gonna be the Chip and Joanna Gaines of filmmaking. Yeah, one of my goals this year was to, like, at the very end of the year, look back and say, what was one big creative thing that I did? Mm -hmm. Like, I was listening to this one person on a podcast, and she wrote a book. And I was like, you know, that'd be really cool at the end of the year to look back and say, I wrote a book. I wrote and published a book. You're not writing a book. Though. I'm not writing a book. <laughs> that is not my big project. No. But I am. I wanted to do something creative after you I are. That. We are writing a series, though. Yes. We're writing the pilot for the series. We that's, are writing a pilot. That's what we're doing. Yes. Um, that's all we can really say about this project. We don't want to reveal too much. Not, yeah. As, mm. you know, it, we literally just started and nothing's, you know, officially official. So we're mm -hmm. writing a pilot. Yeah. That's what we're doing this year. Yeah. That's going to be and my we're, big we're project. And we're going to be acting in stuff. Yeah. Which, which is, is also part of the big part. It's a big. It's a big it undertaking. A, it is a very well-rounded project. Yes. But we can't talk about it. No, we cannot talk We're about it. We're not under NDAs or anything. We're under our own NDAs. Yes. <laughs> I don't want anybody stealing this idea. Yes. Or yes. I just, I want it to be a We big don't want to tell anybody anything until we have more information to share. There's nothing really yeah, to share. Yeah, there's nothing to share, and I want it to be a really cool big reveal. Yes. Yes. So. So, stay tuned on that we'll front. We'll do that. Yeah. All right, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about some current events today. Um... So one of the, so there's a lot going on. One of the big things, um, not that anybody really cares, and if you do care, um, well, I guess that's fine, but it's losing relevance day after day. The Oscars, award show in, award shows in general. I remember um, the Emmy or the, what was it? The Grammys came on, and there was all the you know. Oh no, it was the Emmys. It was all these celebrities and their self-grandized you know showboating and all that although some people i'm sure deserve the awards and it's nice to see people who deserve awards get recognition but i thought you know let these shows continue a lot of people are saying these shows should just be should just cancel just they should just cancel the shows don't do it i say no let them continue just stop televising them because we don't care i'm just there for the fashion faux pas yeah as most like i just want to see the best dressed and the worst dressed yeah you you want to watch Allie Best Stuckey's 
take on on the best and worst dressed of of the award or shows. Evie or, or Evie or Alex Clark. Alex Clark. I forget Alex Clark does one my too. own take. Your take. You have some spicy takes on fashion. Yeah. I just don't agree with so much. I would. I think half the world agrees with you. More than half the world agrees with you. I don't think so. Some people think like certain things are fashion, and I just don't agree. Well, I don't think anybody thought what Billie Irish, Eilish was wearing was fashion. <laughs> she looked like a manga character that had walked backwards. She looked like Tweedledee from Alice in Wonderland. She did. <laughs> she looked like a manga version of Tweedledee. Yeah. Wow. That was that was hard. That was something. Yeah. Okay. Who um, dresses these people? All right. I can't. I can't get into that. We're not. This yeah, is gonna be a. This is off topic. Tangent. Okay. Uh, the Oscars happened, and. Um, Per usual, every year, people were nominated and people <laughs> who should have been nominated weren't. Um, the internet is in a frizzy because, God forbid... A frizzy? A tizzy? A frenzy? A frenzy? <laughs> were, you, were you mashing frenzy I was and... Uh, is it tizzy? tizzy? <laughs> is, it, is it tizzy? I think it's a tizzy. Okay, sorry. The internet is in a tizzy. <laughs> As it as it is in a uh, on every as it is every day, the internet's in a constant tizzy. If anything, mm-hmm. but, but but particularly this thing here. Um, so Barbie, the big movie of last year, we still haven't seen we it. We still haven't seen it. So we're not going to talk about the the. Let, let me just get. Let me just say what this is first. Barbie got nominated for multiple awards, including I believe Best Picture and Best Supporting Actor and Best Supporting Actress. Uh, that being. Ryan Gosling and America Ferreira, but uh, the internet is in a tizzy yeah. <laughs> because Margot Robbie did not get nominated for Best Actress, and mm-hmm. Greta Gerwig did not get nominated for Best Director. Now, as Kate said, neither of us have seen Barbie. We have been making plans to see it because we were kind of going back and forth of whether we wanted to see it or not because a lot of conservatives were saying one thing about it and there's just too much noise well con- some it. conservatives were saying it was like a secretly based movie and some conservatives were saying it was just woke garbage and all that and then there were some people like the the middle like grift mm-hmm. who were just like it's a movie like yes there are overt feminist tropes in there but it's not like overtly offensive mm-hmm. per se or if it's or if it if if it's slightly offensive like you know, learn to laugh at yourself. Mm-hmm. And so we've, we, we've been kind of going back and forth about like, which take is the right take, but we ju- just decided recently that like, we should just watch it ourselves and make our own analysis and not, not try to glom onto like the, the opinion of the hour, so to speak, or the mm-hmm. right opinion or the conservative opinion or the liberal opinion or whatever. So we're, we're going to talk about this without discussing the merit of the movie and the merit of the performances and the directing, because we haven't, seen the movie and it's not right that we judge judge that based on a movie that we haven't seen mm-hmm. um here's what i think should based on the hype and the popularity of the film and uh, allegedly like the artistic value of the film apparently it's a it's a very poignant mo- movie about womanhood should it be should greta gerwig and uh margot robbie get nominated sure Absolutely. They got nominated for Golden Globes, I believe. They 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 did probably deserve Oscar nominations. Here's the thing. People get snubbed every year. And people move on every year. This seems to be like people just seem to be obsessing over this just like in in incessantly. We know this because of the Top Gun. The Top, Top Gun, Gun movie that came out in 2022. What about Maverick. it? It got snubbed. For? What, I, did, what did you want it to win? Best movie. Best picture? Best picture. Mm. Best, oh gosh, um, cinematography. They actually were in the Jets. Those boys. Best soundtrack. Those like, boys got jet fuel in their blood system, they, bloodstream because they committed they did. They were. They did the whole training thing and everything. It wasn't just the movie. Yeah. They trained to become pilots. Like, it was a craft. Mm-hmm. It was actually taking everything back and making acting right, and right. art, making acting a craft. 
and putting something really beautiful together. And just, it didn't, it, it didn't even get anything. It didn't get anything. Yeah. It's so frustrating. It's just a scam. I just think that the Oscars are a scam. You All th- the award shows are bought and paid for. Let me, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Based on what you know about the film and its reception, Mm-hmm. And the the praise the movie's gotten. Mm-hmm. Do you think it they deserve nominations for their contributions, or do you think there were other people that probably, like they were not the nominations, the nominees were nominated because they deserve it. And when it came down to it, Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie just did not. Not that they didn't do a good job, but like mm-hmm. there were more qualified people that got nominated. Yes, it it wasn't like Barbie wasn't. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. I can get that out. I'll cut it out. Yeah. Barbie wasn't this like. Oh my gosh, words. It it wasn't like a a riveting. Uh, it wasn't some like deep newfound movie. Sure. Like it wasn't. I mean, even even the sets were kind of like cheesy like barbie mm-hmm. they were barbie yeah they were toy like but i wouldn't say it made you think it made you th- i mean again i haven't seen yeah we it, haven't but, seen uh, the uh, film uh, from what you back from what up we've observed. to these other movies that came out i just don't think it qualifies it's yeah. too um surface level and and mainstream yes i don't think it goes deep enough and again, we may be proven wrong when we see the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I, I think it's even honestly, I think it's even weird that the movie is being considered for awards at all. Like, oh really? You think it's weird? Well, that- I think it's weird that like Ryan Gosling for as Ken, that's hilarious, which is supposed to be one of the funniest performances of of the year, um, is nominated. Now, yeah. Look, back in the day, they used to nominate comedies in these in these categories. So I like to see that, like they're nominating them. But I almost think Barbie being lumped into the Oscar debate is more of a political thing in the sense that they want to get people to watch the Oscars. It is nothing. Um, to, oh yeah, or it it garners um, attention. Yeah, like it's not exciting. No, that Greta Gerwig gets nominated for mm-hmm. a a uh, Oscar. It's not exciting that. Margot Robbie gets nominated. It's exciting that mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling gets nominated for Ken. It's exciting to see the Barbie movie in general get nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. And it's also, I guess, diversity points from nominating America Ferrera. And I'm sure America Ferrera does a great job in the film. I don't know. I've never, I haven't seen it. But um, I, I don't know. I just think Barbie being lumped into all of this is bizarre in general. It's a, it's a, Movie made to sell Barbie toys. Yeah. Albeit the subject it's just matter a fun of the f- Barbie movie. Albeit the subject matter of the film is not targeted towards kids at all, which is a little hypocritical, I guess. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so I just think I just think this whole thing is being blown out of proportion. I don't know why. Like out of all this, like yes, people have gotten snubbed for Oscars in the past. I don't know why this is the cross, the hill we have to die on. Wait, this just in. The best song written for visual media. Is mm-hmm. that what I'm Just Ken was won for? I think, yeah. Okay, okay, because that was one of their nominations. They were nominated for best song written for visual media. Oh, okay. So they were up against Barbie World from the Barbie album. Um, Dance the Night from Barbie the album. I'm Just Ken. From, from uh, uh, what's her face? Levitating? Dua Lipa? Yes, Dance the Night. That song was nominated for a Grammy? Yes. So Barbie World. I mean, I love Dua Lipa, but. I'm Just Ken, Lift Me Up from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Never saw that. And What Was I Made For from Barbie. And I'm Just Ken. I haven't heard What Was I Made For, but I've been told that that song comes up in a very, like, emotional, poignant moment in the movie. It's Billie Eilish. Yeah. I'm surprised. I just think this whole thing is just like because like these these award shows are just desperate for views. They're hemorrhaging views. They need people to watch. And if Barbie is popular, Barbie is Barbie is like one of the only films that made a billion dollars this year. Of course, they're going to nominate mm-hmm. people in the categories that are going to get people attention. And like again, maybe the there's. Fact? What do you mean after the fact? Like 
we need Ryan Gosling needs attention after the fact that Barbie's come out? I don't think it's about Ryan Gosling. I think it's about what the song is doing for um, the award shows. Like it's, it's so they po- still need attention after the award shows. That's what. No, no, no. The award shows need the attention, not the actors, not not the performers, not the oh, studios. Oh, I see. Okay. These award. No one's watching these award shows. Like every year, the viewers get worse and worse and worse, and they need to nominate. They need to keep things in. Um, in these award shows that people mm-hmm. are going like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to watch and see Barbie win for Best Picture or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like when they nominated Black Panther for Best Picture. Like, I love Black Panther. I think it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Is it Oscar worthy? No. Yeah, it's just a fun movie. No, it's, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun, like, uh, you know, royalty lion king superhero movie yeah seriously. it's not it was not an award-winning like oscar worthy movie mm-hmm. now you want to talk about an oscar worthy film that's a superhero film honestly like avengers infinity war should have been nominated 100 yeah that movie's incredible mm-hmm. um black panther i'm sorry but no <laughs> All right, next on our list, uh, we're going to talk about Indiana Jones. 2024 rolled around, and you guys thought I wasn't going to figure out a way to talk about Indiana Jones. Well, you were wrong, because Lucasfilm and Bethesda and Machine Games are releasing a brand new Indiana Jones video game called Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apparently, this movie is going to involve Indy going around the world to... uh, Places like the Vatican, um, desert landscapes, the jungle, any anything that you want to see in an Indiana Jones game or movie. Um, and he's going to uh, fight off against Nazis. Mm-hmm. There's a love interest. Marcus Brody is back. Uh, it just looks fun. I mean, I, I watched the trailer and I got really excited. I know, Kate, you're not the biggest Indiana Jones fan. I know you like... I like Indiana Jones, though. I watched all of them with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, you really did. enjoyed I them. I really enjoyed them. They Which one did you like... like the most? Um, I didn't like the last one. The Dial of Destiny? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't either, obviously. I didn't like... I did not like the weird, dark one. Oh, with the, the Temple hearts. of Doom? Yeah. No. Yeah, you didn't like that one. Didn't like the alien the crystal, crystal skull. skull and the only thing i didn't like about the first one was the faces melting oh raiders yeah raiders. yeah well, that's an, that's intense are five yeah what's the fifth one dial of destiny oh, no what's what, what's the one i'm missing you're missing the last crusade the third one that i liked that one that's which one was that one that's the third one the holy grail Loved that one with his, with Sean Connery as his dad. Yes, loved that one. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, that's that's the one where they're on the train. Yes, yes. When he's young, Indiana Jones. Yes. Mm-hmm. When he's young, Indiana Jones. When he <laughs> when he's younger. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when Indiana Jones is young, Indiana Jones. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, I I grew up playing. I don't know if I told this. I I after Crystal Skull got released they they did the same thing here like they started making another Indiana Jones video game and it was called Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings and it was about him finding Moses' staff wow it was so fun I remember playing that game like for days and like I remember being stuck on a particular level for like a whole year and I such a fun game I I wish they had a national treasure game yeah, that'd be fun. Almost like where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? That was such mm. a fun game. Yeah, I love any of those treasure hunting games. So yeah. Indiana Jones would be a really. Did you get to watch the trailer? No, I didn't get to watch the trailer. Oh, it's okay. Um, I will, but I haven't. The guy they got to voice Indiana Jones sounds amazing. Like he sounds almost exactly like young is Harrison Ford. No, no, no. Mm. It's it's an actor. Wow. Um, his name is uh, Troy Baker. Is he an impressionist? I don't. I don't know. I've I've never heard of him up until now. He doesn't even look like Harrison Ford, oh, but he does a great. I'm assuming he's doing motion capture. Um, he sounds sounds perfect. That's amazing. Um, no, Vince literally 
you came home the other day and you were like, I need an Xbox. I, I, yeah. We're getting an Xbox. And I, I just looked at him and said, what do you mean? I looked at you and I was like, what do you mean? No, we're not. I was <laughs> like, you're not going to be a gaming husband. You're just not. And then he told me that the, the Indiana Jones game was coming out. And so then I was like, oh, I, you're I've, kidding. Okay. I literally only buy it just to play that game. I I'll know th- you're excited about it, but I don't think that Warner's that, that no, Warren's no, no, getting. No. Apparently it. it Did that, I just say Warner's? It yeah. Doesn't warrant. I meant warrant. warrants. Doesn't warrant. I, I apparently they're putting it out on PC too, so maybe I could get it on my computer oh, or something. I have a lot of CD games that I still like. Yeah, I don't think they're selling a disc, but a download. I, I, I don't know anything about modern video gaming. I know that it's all about downloads and stuff. You can download it. Downloading is easy, and okay. that's always on your computer, and nothing gets ruined. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now the only video game that I, besides Staff of Kings, that I've have like extensive experience playing is Disney Infinity <laughs> with the figurines. Oh yeah, that's fun. Absolutely love that game. All right, so anyways, um, yeah, the movie looks great. Or the movie, the the game looks looks like a lot of fun. Um, there's a new love interest um, named Gina Lombardi, played by Alessandra Mastronardi. Mm, I don't even know who. That um, is. Who I, I'm sorry, but like. Guys, go back to the drawing board because at some angles, this woman does not look like a woman. I see. In the video game. Oh, like, yikes. Who is that? Who is she supposed to be? She, she's the love interest for Ooh. the game. She And she just doesn't... She has this, like, buzz cut. It looks like a buzz cut. It looks like um, like she would be, like, the tour guide. Or, like, the... Like, oh, at, at Indiana friend. Jones Adventure. Well, this is this yes. is the concept art. So this is what she. This is. Uh, why would they do that? Okay, so I guess it's not really a buzz cut. It's, it's a more, pixie cut. It's more like Amelia Earhart. It's a pixie cut. It, yeah. It's just not good though. Not for a love interest. I sure. just don't see it for a love interest. Oh boy. Yeah. This. Th- I. This is what I saw. That I was like, that's a woman. Oh, she looks kind of old too. I'm just not in love. Yeah, I. I, I would say it's not a. It's not the the animation needs to be improved on that because mm-hmm. it just she does not look good. No dis no no discredit to the actress. It's it's the the gamers that, or the the makers of the game that need to to, to up that. Um, people are in an uproar. Some people are in an uproar about this because apparently one of the uh, let me see if I can find it. One of the uh, developers on the game. Um, they put, they put him out there in this uh this LGBT um shirt with a pin and stuff and apparently uh he said something along the lines of um we want to make this game for a modern audience which nowadays usually means that oh yeah we're going to ruin Indiana Jones and make it for, make it woke and mm. dumb which we obviously saw happen already because if you remember the insulting atrocity that was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Don't even get me started on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, let me see. Okay, I have the clip pulled up right here. Um, he says, the opportunity, we have the opportunity to tell an Indiana Jones story for a modern gaming audience mm-hmm. as, he, as this guy, Edward Curtis... Sevens is like wearing has a buzz cut or like you know one side of his head shaved, uh, a giant gay LGBTQ uh, symbol on his shirt and an LGBTQ pin, and he's the one delivering. We're gonna deliver it, Indiana Jones game for a modern audience. Yeah, well, well. And that might mean like to be fair, that might mean like modern gaming standards, like downloads and all the. We just don't know what graphics. it means yet. But yeah, like that's super vague and, and I guess all signs are pointing to this potentially being a woke Indiana Jones game, which I just... That that would be the worst thing right now because Indiana Jones already got that treatment, as I said, with Dial of Destiny. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a Dial of Destiny review one of these days because it, it, it is the most insulting movie I've ever seen. And there are great moments in the film. Um, and it's... Equally disappointing because James Mangold, who I love as a director, uh, was behind it, and um, I think it was a, it was a combination of his uh, 
uh, misunderstanding of the character and Kathleen mm-hmm. Kennedy's just incessant uh, agenda of just ruining everything George Lucas created. So, um, yeah. What do you think, babe? I mean, you, you hear that. I know you're not a big gamer, but like you just, the modern audience talk. Like, do you really trust that they're going to. Like, what does. Anytime someone says modern audience, it just can't mean something good. Yeah. It just can't. Like, every time we try to modernize something, it's the worst. Whenever you take someone back into the classical period or contemporary period, it's so much better. So much more fun, so much more beautiful, so much more entertaining, so much more... Like, you just feel better. This is why people are just... Like, I was talking with my friends at work, and he, we were talking about this stuff, and he would just said, like... Yeah, when I get married and have kids, I'm just going to show them all the classics that I grew up on. I'm not even going to bother taking them to modern movies. Honestly, that's probably the best thing you could do for them. And I hate saying that because I love being able to partake in, you know, like the new stuff coming out and like making new memories and Mm -hmm. watching new stories unfold on the big screen. But if they're going to just keep producing junk like this and and like they're not getting the message, like people don't Mm -hmm. want this Mm -hmm. stuff. People don't want to be... Uh, don't want to be indoctrinated into this woke agenda. They don't want mm-hmm. to talk about modern audience or whatever. The modern audience is a small minority of people that do not represent the audience. I don't know how long Hollywood can can continue doing this yeah, because it's not sustainable. They're gonna like they're gonna be non-existent in within like I, I'd say less than ten years. Mm-hmm. Maybe even less than five years. I don't know. Like this has obviously been going on for a long time, and Disney is is like Disney cannot manage to be fooling around with a woke Indiana Jones video game. Like this kind of needs to perform well, or I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, suffer, suffer. <laughs> but speaking of of Disney, let's move on to um, another Disney topic. Uh, so this is coming out, and not a lot of people are talking about it. I thought it'd be fun to discuss it. Um, so, so Chris Gore of, of Film Threat um, and a writer that works for Film Threat by the name of Alan Eng, has, um, they started this series on their website, and it's called The D Files, not to be confused with the Twitter files. Mm-hmm. Um and this is basically apparently a lot of anonymous uh, Disney employees have reached out to them, giving them like their experience of how woke and how horrible Disney has become. And this actually started last year because mm-hmm. people were reaching out to them saying, talking about the production of Wish. Do you remember that? Yes. Like they were saying that yes. Wish was supposed to be the story of uh, the, the fictional story of of the origin of the song when you wish upon a star mm-hmm. as tribute to walt disney the 100th Which anniversary of really disney. oh my gosh that sounds amazing the longer actually i think this was probably the worst pr that disney has ever done you mean as far as promoting the movie yes oh yeah because the more i watched like little clips that came out the more information came out about not even information just like the more that it was talked about or the more that you saw things from it the more i was like this looks uh, so half-baked yeah like i could not want to see a movie less (laughs) you didn't tell me that that's hilarious yeah i just had no desire to see it wow Mm -hmm. yeah I, i i held out hope that like it was going to be um, it was going to be really good. Like, it was going to write the ship because I had heard from people that worked at Disney that, that you know, it was, but um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they were trying to cover or if they were under NDAs, but uh, that didn't happen, obviously. But but basically, these, these uh, employees reached out and said that it was supposed to be the origin of the song When You Wish Upon a Star. And... It quickly was hijacked um, and rewritten and re-scrapped uh, to be, ironically, a reflection of the mo- the quote-unquote modern audience. Yes, like it's the movie. The movie that we got is essentially like this She's girl bad. who doesn't have any power, doesn't have any knowledge, takes it upon herself to decide what 
uh, to like strip Chris Evans or Chris Evans, Chris Pine's character of his power because he's actually <laughs> seems like in the movie he's doing something good where he's like mm. he's he, people are allowed to like make wishes to him and he grants the ones that he thinks is best for the town mm-hmm. and she's like oh but all these people deserve to have their wishes granted he's like sorry I'm in charge and I decide what is right for this town or as he says to me what everyone deserves mm-hmm. so I'm sure in the movie he actually comes off more villainous but like even the even his song the villain was song, really bad it's so there are so really bad making fun of it like the the one that's most common is the villain from Hunchback of Notre Dame yeah singing his epic hellfire hellfire song and then it pauses to like Chris Pine this is the date that get like you call that a villain song yeah no it was too much for me as like when, a villain when Disney used to produce bangers mm-hmm. like hellfire I mean come on man course we can't talk about religion and all that god forbid sorry god help the outcast did you get that that was really that was really good thank you i liked it okay so um but yeah like uh, uh, good on chris gore and 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 alan ang for for putting this out Mm -hmm. um and they they have gotten some really great insights from these um, these anonymous employees who have reached out to film threat to get the story out about what's happening to disney and apparently this all starts with John Lasseter. Um, I'll try to give just a general overview. I really want, I really encourage you guys to go read these yourselves. I'll put the links in the description of uh, this episode today. Um, so what happened uh, was apparently John Lasseter um, would get a little, like they're, they're mentioned like a potential um, drinking problem, not like an alcohol problem or like an alcoholic problem Mm -hmm. but he would like at parties um like just a rowdy problem yeah like he'd have like one too many drinks and get a little too friendly or rowdy um but then outside of that he also liked to hug people a lot like that's that was kind of his love language and for some people getting a hug from john laster was like a like a mark of approval and for some who had like personal space issues they were a little sensitive to that and, and like that's that's understandable I, I don't that. think that's there's anything wrong with like having a personal bubble and not wanting that bubble to be popped um but people apparently like were not happy with the fact that he was getting away with things like this and the drinking thing but did they speak and, up and say anything about it well no okay so that's what happens here okay. um and I guess maybe some disgruntled employees upset about working for a straight white man. Uh, and apparently they created, they developed a, a, a small coup within the family, within the family, within the company against John Lasseter. And uh, they were able to get to have him take a leave of absence based on these allegations. And then he was forced out completely. And the, the, the article points out that a, a uh, um, there was like a staff meeting that um, that happened where the uh, heads of the company, you know, basically, you know, assured everyone, okay, everything's going to be fine. We're going, you know, we're going to heal from this. We're going to move on from this. And um, if there's any any questions? Does anyone have anything to ask? And apparently, a woman stood up and said, "Yeah, can a woman run the studio from now on? Like, what 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 what's a woman going to do?" I have so many thoughts about that. Okay. Well, okay, so you have thoughts on a woman running Disney? Yes. Okay. The floor is yours. Okay. What, what do you think? First of all, I agree that women can aim high and they are capable of doing a lot. I don't agree that they can do anything men can do. And I especially don't agree that they can overtake something as big as Disney. Like, one woman can run Disney. First of all, women are very different from men. We should know this by now. 
men are very level-headed. They compartmentalize things. They put things in tiny little boxes in their head, but it's like very easy to pick it out. Women, they're like a tech room with wires laying all over the floor. Like it is so hard for us to compartmentalize things well and as individually as men. Women also have cycles where we are very level-headed sometimes during the month. We're very emotional, sensitive, high anxious functioning, high anxiety functioning at other times during the month. And then we're like super soft and sentimental and sweet. And like, we just want to be like very playful and like just every, like no woman is different. Every woman is like this. Every woman is a constant cyclone of feelings and emotions and while yes women can run businesses and women there are very hard workers and what have you we are very prone to breaking down at some point and like needing to take a step back so it makes me nervous when women want to run the country run disney dominate male spaces yes and it's not even like dominating male spaces but just doing the work that it's just it's just a lot for women to do. I hope that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, it would take me an hour, I feel like, to dive into this whole topic. But women are obviously capable of doing anything that, like most things that men can do, as far as far as work goes. Yes. But to think that like women are better than men, or that even men are better than women is like a very backwards way no, of we're thinking. we're very complementary, and this is why we need complementarity between men and women, because we have strengths that men don't, and men have strengths that we don't. Mm-hmm. And so, like an example of this, I worked with women. Pretty much all women. There were maybe two men that I worked with on a daily basis during um, work, and I'm not going to... This was at your old job. This is at my most recent job my most recent old job yes Yes. and can I just tell you that while you know when I first got there everyone was very professional everyone was so nice everyone was so sweet we all dressed very professionally and all this stuff there would be days weeks even where some women were just off their rockers they were crazy they were emotional they were just hormonal very hormonal and that just happens like I'm sorry it just happens and that's okay because that's just women we just go through things but imagine if women were running that company on that large of a scale I'm not saying that women can't run companies and businesses or whatever just on on as large of a scale as Disney Disney or this company was Mm -hmm. It would be an emotional roller coaster for everyone involved. Not even just for the person in charge, not for the woman in charge. Do you think that's going on right now with Jennifer Lee running Disney Animation? I think so. I think it's more of a, let me prove to you that I can do it. And it's not a, I love this company and I want to do what I can for this company. I think that's that's the issue. Mm -hmm. Women don't love it, I, I think a lot of women say, oh, I love my job. I love it. I would do anything for it. But no, I, I don't think they love it enough to where they're making sure everybody is taken care of. They're making sure everything is running smoothly. Like They need to protect their title and, and it's prove more of a competition. that. And pro- yeah, prove that like they can do it just as well as a man can. It's, it's not-, not coming from a good place. It's coming from a competitive place. And that's just red that's flags. so like... Like, like first grader on a playground. Yeah, it's 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 red flags. Yeah, it's giving red flags. It's giving red. Flags. <laughs> Kate and I had a conversation oh the other day, gosh. and I, I I told her he doesn't like that. The, the the new thing that I hate that people say now. And I I I hate most new things that people say, <laughs> but one thing I I th- I hate this more than any of them is it's giving. <laughs> 
Like someone was saying that at work. I was just like, it's giving what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what is it giving me? I think it's, I think some people, I said something, it's giving something the other day. No, not the other day, like weeks ago. And I cannot remember for the life of me what I said, but it was genius. It was bomb. And that was the only time I said it. And I'm very proud of when I said it, whatever I said, I just knew it was great. And then I never remembered it. So we've moved on. From we've there. moved on because mm-hmm. like it's giving like, like that it's giving is giving me a headache. That's how I feel. Um, okay. So really quick, just to cover some more parts about part one of, uh, the D files. Um, so the, uh, um, these uh, employees kind of took advantage of the Harvey Weinstein situation, mm-hmm. which gave them a reason, mm-hmm. a, a good cover to get John Lasseter forced out of the company. Um, let me see. I'll read a paragraph directly from the article here. Uh, reports of his inappropriate behavior, I guess there was inappropriate behavior um, that mm-hmm. was reported. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, according Reports of his inappropriate behavior made their way to the public and and the board, that being Disney. According to The Hollywood Reporter's Kim Masters, a longtime Pixar employee said that Lasseter was known for grabbing, kissing, and making comments about physical attributes. As these accusations circulated Disney, our sources questioned how these stories were framed as malicious and possibly unfair accusations against Lasseter. Um... Apparently, uh, Masters reported that he made unwanted advances towards Toy Story 4 writer Rashida Jones, though Masters immediately quoted Jones as refuting the claim, saying, we did not leave Pixar because of the unwanted advances. That is untrue. The damage was done, however. Um, And I won't go too much into um, The D-Files Part 2. Again, I I encourage you guys to read these because they're really well done. Um, Alan, Alan Young... Uh, did a really good job here writing these and compiling all the information that the employees gave them. But part two basically goes into like uh, how Raya and the Last Dragon, which is a movie that we actually liked. I actually really liked it. I enjoyed I it. I enjoyed it. I, th- I think it was a little on the nose and maybe that is is um, attributing to the situation. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but part two of the D-Files details how... Um, Raya and the Last Dragon was basically a testing ground for uh, this full-blown diversity, inclusion, um, and equity agenda that happened at Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, there were um, apparently the the original directors and the writer of the film, who was the successful writer of who was the writer of the successful. Crazy Rich Asians, which made like t- almost over two hundred million dollars. Yeah, like, I still it was, haven't seen that. It's a it's a really fun movie. I I enjoyed it. My parents, I saw it with my parents, and they really enjoyed it mm. too. Um, she she was demoted to co writer. She had to share um, writing duties with another writer, mm-hmm. um, and ironically, that writer ended up writing like Strange Worlds, <laughs> which bombed last year at the box office. That was last year, right? Or was that twenty twenty two? Twenty twenty. I get so confused with the years. I know. I, I think it was 20, 2022. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the direct. The, there were initially two directors on the film, um, and they were being ousted. Most of these people were ousted because they were Lasseter people. Mm. And then they put on um, these more diverse and inclusive writers and directors. Well, the director. Um, had never directed an animated film before. He didn't know what he was doing. And so Don Hall, who is an experienced, well-known, beloved Disney director, he's directed some great movies for Disney, um, he came on. He was hired to basically be a co-director and sort of mentor um, this new and up, up-and-coming director who ended up not coming back to work for Disney and went back to directing music videos because... He didn't know what he was doing, and Disney hired him because he was a diversity hire, basically. <laughs> um, but then the whole staff, the whole team under Ryan and the Last Dragon, um, basically was let go and replaced with um, like Southeast Asian women, um, women of color, people of color. Like they wanted us to be the most diverse and inclusive uh, movie Disney had ever had behind the scenes. No white people, basically. Uh, which is just a really bizarre and, and just frankly racist 
uh, way to go about making mm-hmm. a movie. Um, and so it was all about uh, an agenda. Ironically, Ryan the Last Dragon, again, we I like them. I haven't seen it in a while. And there are some things that I thought were kind of like surface level, not great jokes, not great lines. I think the ending was kind of a little too inconvenient and um, just mm. some very on-the-nose moments in the movie. But mm. I think all in all, good movie. To know that this was the agenda behind it, and this is all, probably only the beginning of, of the craziness that went on behind the scenes. I mean, just the fact that they tried to get like an all-women crew and that they just didn't want anybody else on the film. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and again, it goes to show just how bad Disney is failing on these fronts. Um, they just do not understand how this is affecting them. I, mean, I hope that they understand this is affecting them, but like, instead of trying to improve, they just keep thinking they can get away with this stuff. The, the audience that they are catering to is so small that they aren't even going to make a dent in the box office. Case in point with Wish... Strange World. I mean, heck, even Ryan the Last Dragon, although that movie has the benefit of saying it came out during COVID. Mm. So, I don't know, what do you think? Do you th- What do you think about all this stuff coming out about Disney from the D-Files? No, I mean, it's obviously confirming what we know, but now that we, like, have animators coming out against the company they work for that we love, like, what does that say to you? How do you it, feel about it that? It says they're either just unhappy. I don't know if it's unhappiness or ungratefulness. Well, it's got to be unhappiness because what's there to be grateful for? Their bosses hate them. That's true. That's true, I guess. I mean, you have you land your dream job and people hate you. You know, it's just a really uh, unfortunate... You land your dream job at one of the greatest film studios in the world... And mm-hmm. all they care about is filling diversity and equity, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion quotas. They don't care about making good movies or making good art. They it's, get, just, it's not even gonna. It's not gonna. It's not gonna get better. It's gonna get worse until it gets better. It's 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 gonna take someone to clean slate. How but how how much worse can it get? I don't know. Like it can like, get worse. Like they celebrated a hundred years. Oh, I know. In 2023. And that clip was really beautiful. What clip? The hundred, the celebration of 100 years for Walt Disney Pictures. The Where all the characters come to life. At the oh, studio. oh, you mean the short film, Once Upon yes. a Studio. Why can't we make something as nostalgic and beautiful as that? Like, it just made you feel everything when you it saw that. It was great. It was beautiful. It was the only good thing Disney produced this I year. I just loved it. Outside of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. But... Like I don't like last year they celebrated a hundred years and they they made the worst dent in the box office that like they've ever made. Mm-hmm. Last time they were on top was twenty nineteen. That's really sad. When they came out with like Avengers Endgame, Star Wars Nine, Toy Story mm-hmm. Four. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember what else came out that year from Disney, but just like Aladdin. Aladdin made a billion dollars. It did really and most people well. don't even like Aladdin. No, I liked it. I I thought it was good. So you're right. It only it's only, it only it's going to get worse before it gets better. But the question is, how worse can it get? <laughs> Let's not ask that question. Yeah. Okay. Last thing I want to discuss, and then we'll get out of here. Um, it's this really really sweet clip I saw online the other day, and since this is a show about movies and the culture, and I want to talk about you know good positive things, I thought this was this warranted talking about. Um, Actress Sarah Snook credits her success uh, to her unborn child in her Emmy acceptance speech. Biggest thank you, I think, though, is um, to someone who won't understand anything that I'm saying at the moment. Uh, But I carried her with me in this last season, and really it was her who carried me. Um, It's very easy to act when you're pregnant because you've got hormones raging. And um, the proximity of her life growing inside me gave me the strength to uh, do this and this performance. And uh, I love you so much. And it's all for you from here on out. Thank you. I know Sarah Snook. I think she's in that show Succession. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's... I was wondering where she was from because I've never... 
I don't think I'd ever heard of her. I have I hadn't either. Yeah, succession actress Sarah Snook. I'm reading from the art from the article from Evie. Okay. Which is Yes. Great I, great publication. I I subscribed. Yeah, yeah. I, I pay to read their content. <laughs> Yes, them. you do. Yeah, no, they're great. I I I follow them on Twitter, and I I love reading their headlines, and they just they just put so much great stuff out in the world. <laughs> um, but the fact that she thanked her unborn daughter—that's beautiful. Her, her daughter's gonna see that one, or her child. I don't. Is it her a baby girl? It was. Well, was it was baby? her um, unborn daughter. Okay. Yeah. The, one day she's gonna see that and just know how much she's loved. Yeah. She'll know how much she's loved. Let's now, see. So. But... Um, I'm reading directly from, from Evie magazine. Sarah Snook thanked her daughter, who was still in her womb during the filming of the fourth and final season. Quote, the biggest thank you goes to someone who won't understand anything that I'm saying at the moment, but I carried her with me in the last season, and really, it was her who carried me. Um, it's an emotionally raw moment of gratitude from a mother who managed to play one of the coldest, most calculated characters in the show. Snook displayed a sweet, sweet femininity that captured the internet and went viral, which is ironic considering the character she played was completely the opposite. Toxic femininity can manifest in various ways. Women competing with each other in harmful ways, using beauty as a means of manipulation, demanding special treatment under the guise of historical oppression, or engaging in behaviors that are gene generally considered destructive and unethical, such as infidelity. Uh, the fictional character of, S I'm not going to pronounce her name. I don't know what her, I, Lucy, Sib Sibahan, Shiv, oh, Siobhan, Siobhan, yeah, Siobhan, Siobhan Roy in succession mm -hmm. displays numerous traits from that example, that exemplify this concept. Um, okay, we understand she's a toxic and she's a toxic character, blah, 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 blah. Uh, which obviously at the Golden Globes in 2020, Michelle Williams, who was expecting at the time, delivered a viral acceptance speech after winning Best Actress for her portrayal as Gwen Verdon in FX miniseries Foes Verdon. Foss Verdon. Her, her speech was not just a moment of personal triumph. She used it as time to advocate for abortion rights. Williams claimed that Women deserve the chance to make choices about their body and their life, equating choice with the intention of killing a human life. Mm. I, and that's that was kind of the thing that and and good on Evie magazine, uh, the writer of that article, Gina um, Flori, Florio, Florio, mm -hmm. Gina Florio, Gina Florio, yeah, yeah. Uh, prop, props to you, great article. Um, I, I I immediately thought of that, like. The the just yeah the gratitude of of ex being expressed beautiful. of I get to be a mother mm -hmm. and this life inside me was essentially what she's saying was like this life inside me was giving me life and giving me strength to play this character which is just such a I guess speaking as parents like it's such a wonderful mm -hmm. thing to see a Hollywood actress coming out and saying it's very refreshing. Like, my child compelled me to be a good actress, not my child. My child impeded me from success, yeah. and I needed to abort them so I could be successful, which is what Michelle Williams' speech is all about. Mm -hmm. And it's obviously night and day, the way those two uh, are compared. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, did anything... Obviously, but other than the obvious, like what what stood out to you when you when you heard that when you saw that? It's just nobody ever says anything about that. And actually, something that's really interesting is whenever someone's pregnant on a show, it's always hide, hide, hide. Don't let them show it. Like some there's some ram, ram, rare cases where um, an actress will tell a director or producer or whatever that she's pregnant and they'll incorporate that pregnancy into the storyline but most times they're in the position where they need to hide it mm -hmm. and they pull out all the stops they dress them differently they hide their bellies behind objects and props and um you know s sets and stuff and it's just really nice to like even if if i don't I, i've never seen her role on the show so I don't know if she was hiding her pregnancy but if she was then it's still just very refreshing that 
she acknowledges that she was pregnant on the show. Mm-hmm. And she's grateful for the opportunity to be able to act and for her child who helped her along the way. Like She's just beautiful. Yeah. It's very refreshing to see that. Yeah. Most, most women would complain and be like, you know. I couldn't have this child at this time because it was such an inconvenience. Yeah, not even that. Just like blame their performance on their pregnancy. Yeah. Just there, there should be so many things that they could complain about, but it's just very nice to see someone coming forward, especially someone on a on a hit show. Yeah, saying things such like a big that, stage. that are yeah, saying things in front of the whole world and that it's are just, very pro life. And it's just true. Like yeah. it's just truth. Like it is. It is true. I think. I think both of us speaking as parents, like mm-hmm. being a parent, is such a gift. Mm-hmm. And. You know, some people don't get to do that. And, and like, you know, having kids should be something that compels you to want Mm -hmm. to be even better than what you are. And I'll say this, too. I did not love being pregnant. I was not one of those women who loved being pregnant. In fact, I was uncomfortable for most of it. Like, I was getting sick for the first half of it. Yeah. Almost the entire first half. And then the second half, I was having a lot of pain. You you had a really rough go. Yeah. It was not... It's just... I just didn't love it. I didn't love it like people had said, oh, I love being pregnant. Like, mm-hmm. that was not my case. But when things were really hard and where days were really tough, especially at work, I never felt alone. I always had a little person with me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see them. I didn't know what it was. Didn't know what he was at the time. Didn't know he was a boy at the time. But I just knew, like, there is someone with me. And mm-hmm. I am not alone. And I'm sure that's how she felt. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you, if do you think if you were in the position to act while pregnant, you think you'd be willing to go through that? Or do you think you'd want to, like, take a break and go through the pregnancy and all that? I would probably want to act. But I would be very conscious about being pregnant and, like, just making sure I took it. Seriously. All in. Yeah. No, like, oh, enjoyed oh, oh. it. I see, I see. And not not take it for granted and, like, really be in the moment and very intentional. Like, I'd have a very intentional pregnancy, which mm-hmm. hopefully the next pregnancy is very intentional. Sure. Cool. Yeah, just a really, really great story. Um, children are a gift and parenthood, all that is a gift from God. Um, and we don't get to, I mean, you know, obviously we choose who we marry and all that, but we don't get to like, you know, when we give ourselves fully to a marriage, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't always get to choose when, when our kids come into our lives, we didn't get to choose the time that our son came into the world and it, it totally came as a surprise to us. But like now I can't imagine my life without him. You know? Yeah. So it's just it's just a really uh, encouraging um, message to be seen from Hollywood, from a Hollywood celebrity who is celebrating life um, and who is basically saying that, like, her child gave her the strength to continue on to the show and to give her... And, and her child is why she is able to stand on that stage and accept that award mm-hmm. and is not an impediment and needed to be aborted in order for that moment to happen. Mm-hmm. That's really amazing. And yeah. that's, I think she deserves the world for that. I agree. All right. That's all we wanted to talk about today. Um, yeah. Kate, did you want to mention anything else or do you want to talk about anything else? I don't think so. There's... I think that was, I, I said my piece. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. Yeah. I have a child that might wake up super early in the morning and we're doing this really late. So yeah, I would we like should to probably, go to bed. I'd like to, I'd love to go to bed right now. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe we should, uh, maybe next episode we should do, um, a talk on Barbie. Yes. Our thoughts on Barbie. If we've watched it. Yeah. yeah. I really, I really am curious what you think. Yeah. Um, and I want to, I'm curious what I'll think too. I'd be interested to see. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I it's can't wait to have you blast. back very soon. Oh, very excited. Where can uh, the good people out there find you online? Um, you can follow my Instagram at Have a Kate Day. It's not super active. I'm never on social media anymore, but you can follow it. 
Mm-hmm. If she if she pops up, you'll, you'll, pop up. you'll be able to know. <laughs> you guys can follow me on Instagram at officialvinslam and on Twitter at the Bigby seventy five. Obviously, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already, and subscribe to my YouTube channel where you'll see uh, more of the Vince Salerno podcast, some great episodes uh, from the past, and some great episodes coming up in the future. Um, I'm hoping to do more YouTube videos this year. Really going to try hard to do something to commemorate Ghostbusters Frozen Empire because I'm super excited for that movie. Mm. Being a big Ghostbusters fan, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, Until next time, guys, have a fantastic day. God bless, and peace out. Peace out.